0: The Bible is an exciting book of love and sacrifice from our creator from Genesis to Revelation. We will discuss successful living through Jesus Christ. I hope you enjoyed today's cast. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode on Bible Rabbit Trails and this was an interesting one because it uh, it is truly named correctly. I had started out studying something else, and we ended up doing what we're podcasting on today. But it was far cry from where I, I will get back to what I originally studied on. I am not going to tell you what that was, but uh, it it led me to a verse in First uh, Peter, second uh, chapter, eleventh verse. That was the original verse I had started looking up, and it said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. <clears throat> so that was the original verse. Well, to keep everything in context, I always read above and below just to make sure I, I don't take it out of context of what it actually means. Uh, so um, that led me to read the entire chapter, which I started finding interesting so I decided to we're just gonna go through this second chapter of first Peter start to finish uh, just to clarify a lot of things because I, I when as, as I started reading it it was interesting that I found a words that I just thought was uh, needed clarification I thought it was interesting I never thought I would dissect English this much. I was a solid C-minus student in school in English, so it is not my strong suit. But when God puts a desire in your heart to learn something, you'll do stuff that you don't care for just so you can learn what he has for you. So uh, we're just going to tear into this and see where it goes. So first verse is the second chapter. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, so I went back and I looked up the first word of malice, and it had several meanings, but the one I, I chose on was improper motive for an action. So if you are going after somebody that with wrong motive, if you're doing doing something for somebody with the right motive, it's one thing, but when you're purposely going at somebody with the wrong motive to hurt or harm or degrade them, then that is what the word malice means. Guile was the next word I looked up, and it is a disposition to deceive or to cheat. So again, if you're going to after somebody deceitfully, wrongly, to hurt them or to steal from them, that is what the word guile means. Hypocrisy is a word we're used to hearing a lot nowadays, and there's a lot of hypocrisy going along, but it just simply means to uh, process, profess believing in something that you don't live. So if you're not walking it, don't be talking it. And if you're talking it, just make sure you're living it. God will honor those things in your life all the time. <clears throat> so remember, don't be a hypocrite. Just do what you say and say what you do, and it will all come. And the the other word was envy. And I, I know people, this is another common word, but I thought I'd look it up anyhow. And it it means resentment. Uh, Not only in you don't just envy somebody for their possessions, but it also means you could envy that they have a talent or an ability that you don't possess that you wish you did. So uh, going back once again, it says, wherefore laying aside all improper motive and disposition to deceive, and the process of believing something that you do not live up to, and resentment, and don't speak evil and all evil speaking. So don't speak evil of anybody. So that's what it, that verse comes down to. Verse two: As a newborn babe,s desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you that you, uh, you may grow. Now, this is a letter written by Peter to. Uh, some of the churches and some of the people in some different areas. So if you go back to the first chapter, uh, first verse, and I just I'm just going to read the first three verses so you know in context where uh, this letter, so that that second verse will make more sense. Um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Again, not an English major, so if I pronounced them, so be it. Uh, Verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God our Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God of the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this this was a letter, this is a part of a letter that uh, Peter had wrote to those people in those uh, other areas that were starting. So when we go back and look at this, as newborn babes desire the milk of the Word, that is just stating that they it was a new church, and they were starting from the ground up. And you got to remember, too, that at this point, it hadn't been too long after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection that... Uh, these churches were started. So this was an entirely new way of thinking and a lot an entirely new way to get to God directly that they had not been used to. They had always been used to the old uh, Jewish ways of sacrifice and meeting all the feast and meeting all the requirements that go along with getting back to God. So this was something new. So that verse as saying, desire the milk, That's where you start out with milk, and then we'll get into more later on. But uh, you had to start somewhere, so that's that was the purpose of that verse. Verse three: If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Again, that will tie into the second verse, meaning just that once you understand how good God is, it's hard to walk away from. If you've really had a conversion to Christ and you have really understood where He took you from. And where he's capable of taking you to, and and just your perception of heaven alone, uh, you have tasted that the Lord is good. It it is you know the reason that Lucifer can never have know what redemption is because he knew how good God was because he was in heaven with God when he turned on God, and so he cannot be redeemed from that because he already knows how good it is go- it, it it can be, and he has. Neglected to understand that. and today yeah, he he boasted. so that's a whole nother thing we can get into, but we're not going to do it today. Verse four, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Uh, to whom coming is it's it's an old term, but um, it just means coming to Christ. So that's pretty straightforward as unto a living stone, which is a foundation. Jesus was a stone that was rejected, which is a next part, disallowed indeed of men, but he is a cornerstone, which in the way they constructed things back then, the cornerstone was the keystone that held everything else together. And if you pulled the cornerstone out, everything in that building or that structure would collapse because of that single stone. So Jesus was set here as the cornerstone for us to not only to be saved by, but also to live by example, that we were supposed to live the way he does. So men rejected him, but he is still t- the foundation stone of what we believe on everything and how we're supposed to uh, treat people and how we're supposed to act. Uh, but chosen of God and precious, and we got to remember that... Um, Jesus is the Son of God, and he was the most precious thing that God could give us as a redeeming factor, and his blood had to be spilled so that we all could be saved. Verse 5, We, ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to acceptable to God by Jesus Jesus Christ. This was interesting because it says, Ye are lively stones. We are also stones. We, everything on God's purpose is stone upon stone, precept on precept, from foundation on foundation. Jesus is the very bottom, He is the, what holds us all up on the foundation stone. But we, everybody that has come before us, if we understand where we come from, they are also the foundational stones that continue to build. This thing we call Christianity—that God is real and live—and the people have died for it, and that we are part of that thing. So we are laying a foundation for the next generation, so we can be a stone on top of Jesus. And everybody is doing is doing the same thing, Um, because then it says we are built up a spiritual house. So we are building something individually. We are building something. Corporately, we are building something, and it and it comes down to be the body of Christ, which becomes the bride of Christ or the bride of God, all at the same time. So it's it's personal, it's corporate. Don't for don't forget uh, forsake the gathering together of yourselves, uh, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Uh, primarily, what that is referring to is that our time. What are we doing with our time? Are we doing things that are pleasing to God? Um, And it's not just that we spend all our time in prayer or all our time in study, but just talking to people, witnessing to people. And sometimes a witness, it's going to get into this a little bit later on. I can't see the spot, but somewhere along the down down here, we're going to run into a spot where it says that, you know, our witness is our testimony. And sometimes that's all people need to know is that, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I know what it feels like. And I. so you'll get through this, and then, and I'll help you through it. So you're giving up your time to help somebody else. That was verse 5. Uh, 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief, a cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Um, pretty straightforward. It said, until we get to behold, I lay in Sion, Sion, a chief cornerstone, which again is Jesus. Uh, he is elect. He is precious to God. We already discussed that. And that he believe on him shall not be confounded. And confounded is, is it, is a common word, but I love this. It is, uh, perplexed, but unclear of mind or intent. If you don't get up With intent, and God will give you a a clear mind and intent. Anybody that does stuff to confuse you and to make things worse and more uh, frustrating and confusing than what it should be might be trying to deceive you. They might have been referenced as the people of the verses earlier that they have malice or guile or hypocrisies or envy. Then confusion is the way to get what they want, because they will keep you off track. But Jesus will keep you clear of mind with good intent when you get up. Verses seven and eight unto therefore, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, keep your eye on that word. the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head corner. Uh, verse eight: In a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Um, back up. That word disobedient comes up twice. It'll come up in verse eight again. Uh, again, the uh, the stone which the builders disallowed was the word they used or rejected. Jesus. Became the cornerstone of the foundation of everything that God had for us to do, uh, to move on into. And please remember that they rejected Jesus, but it does not negate the fact that Jesus is still the cornerstone of everything that we believe in. He is the cornerstone that started that. So just because man doesn't say it, doesn't mean it's true. It just means that man has rejected it. And if, if we go back to a, the first podcast I did, uh, Anton LaVey, Joseph Stalin, Gandhi, Thomas Paine, Sir Thomas Scott Voltaire, those were just some of the ones I had mentioned in the first podcast that had spent their lives rejecting Jesus and trying to prove that he is not who he says it was. And, and at the end of their lives, they all knew they had done wrong and that they had cheated Jesus out of the, they actually, they had cheated themselves out of their relationship with Jesus in hope for power, money, prestige, whatever they were after. It cost them everything because they do not get to send, spend eternity with God. So um, that becomes verse eight: a stone of stumbling or a rock of offense, a stumble at the word. Those are all those things that. Christians become, the Bible becomes, a stumbling block for people that are trying to manipulate and, and going with the wrong motive to get what they want, whatever it, whatever it is. Uh, verse 9 and 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called out of darkness into the... His marvelous light. Um, so we are chosen generation, as it as it says. But we have to choose to follow God in His laws and His rules and His creeds, and accept Him as our personal Savior. For to be the chosen generation, which makes us a priesthood, which makes us collectively a holy nation. Uh, but I love this thing that we are a peculiar people, and I always thought why. Why is that? Peculiar is such an odd word for an odd people, right? Because the people that just aren't quite right. But no, there's another meaning to that word. And it it, it means to belonging distinctively or primarily to one person or one kind of person. So we are peculiar people. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we become belonging to primarily one person. That's God. And he is supposed to guide our steps, and he's supposed to give us insight and to make us more effective witnesses to get more people into the kingdom. So we are a peculiar people, each and every one of us, and collectively, we are that straight up. Uh, And this is, okay, so I referenced this earlier. I'm reading my notes, sorry. Um, This is where our testimony comes in that the praises of Um, show forth the praises of him who hath called out the darkness unto the marvelous light. And this is where our testimony comes in because we can tell people, hey, this is where I was. This is where God's taken me to. And God will continue to protect me and to guide me so that I don't have to, A, go back to where I was because I've been there before, but I can move forward and be more of a useful tool to God so that we can continue to, to raise the kingdom up and continue on. Uh, Verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which not have obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So again, people that were lost are now saved. Uh, Verse 11, dear beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against our souls. That is a pretty straightforward verse. And as I started out with, that was what started this whole actually chapter study versus a a topical study, but it started out, it ended up being a chapter study. Um, Sorry, checking my time because I can only, yeah, we're good on time for a little bit yet. Uh, Verse 12, having your conversation honest among Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Simply stated, keep doing what's right, keep talking what's right, treat people fair, because in the day, it will come true that you are always fair to everybody, and you are honest with them, and therefore your testimony will stay intact, and that that there is a payment for that, and it will seem like we are going to be punished for doing right and saying right when other people don't, but... In the day of visitation, God will recognize that we had treated people right and that they, we were still, it was all good. <clears throat> um, 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as a supreme or unto a governor's as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evil evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may be put silenced to ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. We live in America, folks, and we have to abide by the laws of the land. But we also live in a country where we are allowed to change those laws if they are not good for the for the people we we don't live under the thumb of a king but we do live under the 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 law that we have established um i'm going to be honest this was a tough section for me because some of the stuff going on in, in america right now i absolutely don't agree with and We still have to follow certain things, but we are allowed to change things. But I'm going to go back to what it said, that we should treat men right and be a witness to God. There is no law that will ever be made that says you can't love a fellow man. And that just means helping out and doing what you can. So be respectful of the law. Change the law if you don't like it. Get involved in your in your communities. Uh, Seventeen. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to do the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Uh, I'm going to stop there. I was going to go a little farther, but we're going to stop there first. Honor all men. Honor and help all men. Be be a volunteer. Um, fire. Police help at your church, help in the community, do things that will help all men. And love, and the other word they like to use for love is charity. And, and one thing nice about the word charity versus love is charity isn't actually an act. So be charitable to the brotherhood, each other in the church, and take care of each other. Fear God means to respect Him. Respect electricity. You like what it can do for you? If you mistreat it, it can kill you. So have respect for God and honor the king and the servants. That, uh, so servants or workers, be subject to your boss. Your boss may not be the best person in the world that you don't get, get along with for whatever reason, but um, <clears throat> he is still the boss. So you still have to fall under him in a, in a way to... Make the thing good, and he has to answer for it. So, and this word "forward," I looked it up in a couple of different contexts. It was an interesting word, but even if they, it's a cruel boss, or a harsh boss, or a hard boss, however you want to put it, um, you still do the same thing, uh, because verse nineteen. This is thankworthy if if a man for the conscience toward God endure grief, suffering, and wrongfully. God sees your suffering. If you are wrongfully accused and you have not done anything wrong, God eyes He will redeem you. It will take time, more time than we want. I understand that, but it will come about eventually that God God will take care of you. He will watch out for you. Uh, Verse 20, what glory is it if when we get buffeted, for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable. God, I had just explained that, so I'm going to keep going. 21, 4. Even unto, here unto, ye were, were ye called, because Jesus Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. You know, even when they came to arrest Jesus, he never spoke harshly against them. He knew he had to do what he had to do, but all through his life, every time you hear a story about him, he always treated people rightly, and even when they were trying to falsely accuse him, you know, I like the story of when he met the woman at the well and they were going to stone her, and whoever has no sin can cast the first stone, And did you notice in that, right after that happened, then the eldest started walking away from her until the youngest, because the youngest are more more emotionally driven than the older. The older you get, the more logical things are, and they walked away. So Jesus gave us a great example of how we're supposed to handle people and kindness and love and patience and all the things that are sometimes very hard to do, but he has set it up so that we can... Um, he's given us examples for us to do that. So that was it. That was the ch- second chapter of Peter. or Yeah, First Peter, second chapter, start to finish, all 21 verses. Uh, I don't know that was a deep inv- in, insight for anybody, but it was an interesting one for me. Um, I know this podcast is only 20 or 30 minutes long it has to be less than 30 minutes because that's what my program allows me is 30 minutes max but um, I have several hours researching this and I do this because God asked me to do it but I have learned so much over these fast, past few podcasts doing this and so thank you for watching I hope you enjoyed it I uh, hope you come back and listen again. And as always, may God guide your path, put purpose in your every step. Thank you.